nuance isn't available. What I find really interesting is it's about now understanding why. Imam, what do you think the state of the world is right now? Like, where are we? What's going on? So I think we have to start small. Talk about England first. My biggest issue is the culture wars, which technically has been a thing that has been going on for a very long time, but we've now just given it a name. Um, so I think it's just about understanding that particular dynamic so in terms of dominance. What do you mean by culture wars, as in, you know, the suppression of women and now? No, I'd say yeah. the war of attrition between left and right. That's what yeah. I mean. That's I mean, what I that mean. is, that's one right. of the reasons we wanted to talk to you because, you know, we have quite capitalist yeah. type views. And I know a lot of people don't really like the capital system. Anyway, carry on. So culture wars, extreme left and right, yeah. Yes, yes. And I think this is the kind of typical dynamic we find manifesting itself throughout the world, which yeah. leads to certain dynamics that you are probably referring to in terms of issues, etc. So yeah. I think it's just about starting small. You have to start at the root yeah. and then you can build up. So that's probably how I would how I would answer that question. You have to start small. And I'd say one of our biggest issues in England is this war of attrition between left and right. And there has always been a war of attrition, but now it is everything that is said has become weaponized. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Right? Toxic masculinity. Everything. That's a weapon, isn't it? Right. Everything's been. Right. Yeah. See, I love the fact you just said that. Toxic. I mean, what is a toxic man? A man who builds a bridge and a man who rescues a cat out of a burning building. I mean, narcissism. And everyone's a narcissist. I mean, what? Yes. What? Yeah, weaponizing language. Yes. And I, yeah. just to touch on your point in terms of toxic masculinity, I yeah. feel like for me personally, there is nothing worse. I am, because I'm a strong woman, I attract really, I'm going to say it, I attract weak men. Oh, and no. so my, my kind of perspective and frame of reference isn't necessarily aligned with the left. It actually yeah. is probably more so aligned with the right, which is yeah. man the fuck up. Why are you weak? And so if you are not going to match me in terms of dominance, what? then therefore I'm going to take the piss out of you. I'm just going to literally carry your balls in my purse <laughs> for a very long time, right? But that's the truth. So, so you, you, I need you to man up. But then the man up is toxic masculinity. But that's yeah. what I need as a woman, as a dominant woman, as a strong woman. That's what I need. So it's interesting that we can weaponize things that can be very true for yeah, certain individuals. Yeah, do you know what? This is really fascinating. So what do women want in a man now? And what is a man? Because like you said, um, you know, we tell the men to man up. Yeah. So we man up and, and then we're accused <laughs> of being... What do you? Well, we, tr we, we try. Okay, my, right. my, ball, my balls are not in your purse, <laughs> can tell you that. But are they in your wife's purse? Yeah. That's a different conversation, well, right? It, yeah. <laughs> Yo, if I was to see you with your wife, she might have a different conversation to Well, yeah, to her Rolexes right and her okay. Aston Martins might say okay. something different. thank you. But so, you know, we're told to man up and be strong yeah. and be brave. So we're strong and brave and we don't express ourselves. And then we're told to be vulnerable and express <laughs> yourself. And, uh, and, and it's like... Because it's, it's the balance, Rob. It's, and this is what I mean I by mean, this... Imagine trying to be a, a, a kid growing up, trying to be a man now. I know, I know. And this is why they will gravitate towards people such as Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate. Because, right? because there's all these lost men with no father figure in their life. Yes. Is that Yeah. And it's... it's one, no father figure. I think that's just one of the kind of factors. I think there's many, in all fairness. 
Um, I think in terms of human beings, we are all kind of, not kind of, we are all governed by low self-esteem and ego. Right. Right. Which yeah. are technically the antithesis of one another. Yeah. And it actually connects to what I'm talking about in terms of this war of attrition, in terms of everything being polarized and everything has to be opposite. Right. And there is very little room in the media space for nuance and balance. And this is why I'm very glad yeah. to be able to talk what I want to talk, because I am talking about balance and nuance, which mm. is a part of the conversation that has been forgotten. Yeah, this is not, doesn't sell newspapers and media, it does it? That it people doesn't. want. Um, no real context, and you know the sound bites you get on TikTok, you know things that are edited yeah. down, and like you said, you lose yeah. the nuance of a three-hour conversation. And then, sorry to cut you, no, I just no, to add to please. That. This was, is not the Piers Morgan okay, show. You can you can speak as much as you like, Piers. Let like... them speak, Piers. <laughs> I'm apologising a lot and I really, I'm going to get into it. I'll stop apologising. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Rob. Uh, I'll say thank you because I'm, yeah. I'm that type of woman. Yeah. Um, but in terms of just kind of understanding dynamics, it's just really important to understand that this kind of polarisation is, is why we are having the issues that we have. Um, and this is why we are stuck in this kind of yeah. vortex, this vicious cycle, because nuance isn't available. Yeah. Now, what I find really interesting is it's about now understanding why. So I'm saying categorically nuance isn't available. I've tried to enter this space to offer nuance and balance. But why isn't it there? And you've just stated it because people want quick things on, on TikTok. Yeah. And so I was having this discussion, ironically, with Esther from Talk TV, um, another uh, regular on, on Piers Morgan's show. Um, and we was, and um, Manel, uh, a producer, and we was talking about what comes first, the chicken or the egg. And it's, are, is the media trying to um, appease the audience? Is the, you, you see what I'm trying, this is what I'm trying to say. Yes, are the media in, trying to just, in, like they're in, going uh, with what the audience, yeah. they think the audience wants, and so therefore they are right. just kind of negating Not, balance, or is it the audience actually doesn't want balance, and therefore, yes. the, right? So it's what comes first, the chicken or the egg? It's like the algorithms. Those, right? it, are the algorithms giving us what we tell it it wants? Yes. Or yes. It are, um, have we become a slave to it? Perfect parallel. That yeah. was the parallel I was looking for. Thank you. Because we talk about, about this a lot, Harry and I, and, and his balls are definitely in his um, girlfriend's, wherever she stores Perth. your balls. But that's yeah. not fair because Harry has to defend himself. So well, Harry, you stated that. Hopefully Harry at the end can tell us where his balls lie. But Harry you and Rob have said his balls are lying Harry, with his girlfriend. Harry doesn't, Harry <laughs> Let's doesn't be fair. care. I like Harry. Let's yeah. be fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah shit. Yeah. <laughs> Of course you have, Harry. Yeah. But I think that's a typical dynamic with men and women, depending on how kind of that dynamic. Again, it is that dynamic that people would say is outdated, antiquated. So what is a man, man and woman? Yeah, what, right? what, man what and is woman. a man? I would say leading off of basic instinct, because that is all human beings. We are at the core. It's just understanding our basic instincts. And I Sorry, the mic, I do this a lot. Um, I genuinely think basic instinct is to protect. That is the standard of man. That is at the core of any man. I think any man who is conscious of that intuition, any man that is conscious of societal needs, a woman's needs, will tap into that. Yeah. To protect. 
and anything less than that, you're a bitch. <laughs> I'll be honest, it's, it's the truth. This is what I'd say to my friends, you're a bitch. I'm talking to you right now in my room, Rob. I'm chilling with my wine. This is flavoured water and, and my cigarette and whatever. So we're having a reasoning. That's what we call it, a reasoning. And I would say that man is a bitch. He's a bitch. Right. And that doesn't fit into societal norms and the way that we currently explain ourselves. So I have to be and is this the fault, conscious of that. Is this the fault of men or is this the fault of women? Have women become too independent? Um, you know, oh, I don't need a man. And yeah. I think it's a combination of the two, again, talking about balance. In terms of your last point about I don't need a man and this kind of fierce, strong independence. I mean, the world um, would be pretty fucked without proper men, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, we can reproduce. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's that weird kind of interesting dichotomy of just understanding that I truly believe men instinctively are supposed to protect and so therefore that can look and manifest itself in many different ways. Um, women, I think, can be all versions. The reason why is because they are emotional human beings. And so we, I personally believe we tend to vacillate on that spectrum. So let's just say you've got a masculine, let's just say masculine energy here and you've got feminine energy here. I think the dynamic for men and women are we are supposed to vacillate between the, the two, yeah, right? You yeah. as a man, you are supposed to find your masculine energy when appropriate, yeah. situation dependent. Yeah, Because Nuance. if you get it wrong, yeah. you're a bitch. And then... <laughs> And then you need to find your feminine energy, yes. right? When connecting, I need you to listen. I need you to empathise. You might need to hold my hand when I'm crying. That's your feminine energy. And without right. that, how do you connect with your partner? How do you connect with your wife? How do you, right? Yeah. So it's these, it's for me, men genuinely are supposed to protect. And I, I, I always bring it back to that is their foundation. Women, we are also protectors because we have children, we bear children, yeah. etc. But because we are emotional, we tend to vacillate throughout all the different kind of uh, parts of the spectrum. And yeah. we can go from really feminine to really masculine right. and I have to find my balance yeah. because just to touch on the point about a man does a man want a woman who's going to tell him you know those shoes aren't great or that that t-shirt isn't smart enough or you should be wearing a tie or it's she my dominance but she can try but once she's given me my balls back I'll tell her exactly but this is the point right but this is the point you're saying in terms of why women are why has it gotten to this point where women are now fiercely independent? I'm, I'm trying to say that it's a combination of a lack over there on your side yeah. and maybe a lack over here on our side. And yeah. we have now had to circumnavigate that situation, that dynamic, yeah. and be strong as a result because your man is a bitch or your man doesn't empathise or your man waits for you to give him back his balls as opposed to taking your motherfucking purse and taking them back. In fact, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. But that's the point, right? I'm hoping you get where I'm going with this. Um, yeah, I'm already really enjoying this conversation. Okay, so, okay. Um, what, what about now then, all yeah. this gender ideology? Yeah. You know, and we've got, I mean, I've had Caitlyn Jenner on the show. I'm trying, oh. to, trying to discuss these things openly and yeah. be open-minded. You know, I think about my son and daughter who are nine and 12 and... Um, being at school and all the various different genders there are, and 
like, how did we get here with all this identity politics? I mean, was it Jordan Peterson when he, you know, I, I will not be forced to say they, or, or, or yeah, how did we evolve into, oh, I tell you what, I don't, I, I'm a man, but like, I'm innocent of this crime. Oh no, put me in a prison with a woman because, with women because, and then he goes and rapes all these women in a woman's prison because he makes out he's a man or all these men who are kicking women's ass in sport because they've got testosterone. Do you see, I'm, I'm, yeah. it's, it, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm unusually long-winded. No, I'm fully following you, genuinely. All right, so where do we begin with that yeah. first? Why, you asked why the pendulum has swung the other way. That's actually a term that Piers used, and I thought, oh, I'm going to take that. He's taken a couple of mine, you don't realise. <laughs> I'll say that. I think he's taken a couple of mine. I genuinely believe I've influenced him. That's an aside, a complete tangent. But yes, the pendulum has swung the other way. So in terms of dominance, right? Who is ruling the world, who governs us, who sets the norms, who sets our behaviours, our standards, it's the average white man. Right. It is his ideologies, it is his beliefs, it is his norms, it is his thoughts, it is his behaviours that affect us all. This is why Mars is here with the Black Queen, right? Because... It is the white man, let's be honest with ourselves, in terms of history, we can go yeah. down that route a little bit later on, but in terms of history, they are the ones that dominate. I learned something recently, I did a speech at, um, a debating speech at, at Cambridge, hence why I was at Cambridge um, mm. Union Debating Society, and it's so interesting, we was talking about the Commonwealth, and one of the things that I wanted to put in there was something that I learned, but I thought, oh, these are really smart kids that probably learn Latin. I didn't, I didn't learn Latin, so I'm not going to use this term, but I'm going to use it for you because I don't think you've learned Latin, so I'm going to say it. Desire to dominate in Latin means libido dominandi. All right, so in Latin, libido dominandi means desire to dominate, which is a natural human trait that every single human being on this planet has. Even women. Even women, yeah. men, etc., etc. In modern day terms, when we think about race relations, that term is now referred to as white supremacy. Right. But in actual fact, it's just the desire to dominate, which everyone is capable of. Yeah. Right? And so in terms of that pendulum swinging, it went from the white man dominating to all the marginalised communities which has now fueled something that we now refer to as the culture wars. But the culture wars always existed. It's just that the pendulum was on your side. Mm. You didn't realise there was a war of attrition. There always was. There, it feels it. It resonates with you in this moment because the pendulum has swung the other way. Now you've got black people talking about racism. Now you've got they, she, he, whatever pronouns they've got at the moment. They've got all these types of genders. They've all of these things that just weren't your norm. So that is what's happening right now. The pendulum has swung the other way. Right. People are now And is that the middle defensive. Is that the middle-aged white man's fault? The no. No. No, it's it's natural human dynamic. Right. Right? So think about something just think As about it logically. It, yeah. If you if you have Okay, how do I put it? All right, let's just put it in terms of empires, right? Mm. We talk about empires a lot, and it's 
a slight tangent, hopefully you can remember what I'm saying just in case if I lose my train of thought, but just to try to put it into a kind of parallel. Everyone has their time. Like the Romans did, like the British did. Okay. Like so America who've got the slavery, yeah. the slave trade can yeah. be traced back to four hundred BC with the Greeks. With the Greeks. Right. And then we went to So it wasn't the just Romans. British then colonial, we went to yeah. the Romans. Then we went to the Vikings. Sorry, in fact it's it, there's so many different empires. It was Romans, we've got Vikings, we've got the Arab slave trade, we've got the Mongol slave trade, and we've got the Mali slave trade, which is the black West Africans before slavery. In fact, Mansa Musa, the richest person to ever live, who was worth 400 billion, was the empire of the, oh, sorry, the um, leader of the Mali empire, who used to enslave. And this is before slavery. So slavery mm. has always existed. Empires have always existed. But moral of the tale was, your time will end. There is an expiry date on everything. Think like food. You mm. buy food, it's ready to go, and it will eventually come mm. to an end. It will perish. Mm. And that's what I believe is happening in terms of our dynamic. It is no one's fault. It is just a natural dynamic of human beings. And it is only when you take into consideration history and context where you are able to understand that fully. And without those two things, it just feels like a hot mess. Mm. And so do you think where we are in history right now, do you think it, it's a good place compared to where we've been? 100%. I'd be a complete fool if I didn't think, and is, if I didn't think that. Is that because you feel you've been suppressed or marginalised for a long time and now you have more of a voice? One million percent. That's definitely a part of it. Yeah. Um, I think it's safe to say there has been huge progression. Obviously, we, we, we're not going to touch in, you know, touch on history from the 15th century till now. But what I can say, there has been huge progression. Mm. Um, one of the biggest things, I, I think the main salient point is what happened after Black Lives Matter and this kind of new sense of awareness and consciousness. But then one could argue that that is what has led to this kind of pushback from the marginalised communities. And just to kind of finalise the original point, you touched on everything being extreme and you, you were actually referring to the transgender person in the prison, raping, etc. Mm, remember, you remember yeah. that, right? Mm. What I also wanted to say is we have now conflated these issues so what we have is two separate issues. So, for example, racism and anti-racism is one issue. Woke extremism is another. So let's be clear on woke. Woke means simply to be alive to social injustices. That's all it means. You're woke. Harry's woke. I'm woke. The bartender's woke. The receptionist is woke. Anyone who has a moral decency is woke. What has happened? It has become weaponized. And it is now been conflated with social issues. And so what you refer to in terms of the prison, that is woke extremism, where people are virtue signaling. That's a whole other conversation. Well, but that's <laughs> yeah. a byproduct of this yeah, dynamic, virtue, virtue signaling. signaling. Pretending to do right. something, yeah. And so that's what you're referring to. I think the, the original point is that that prison situation, I think that was probably centered around some form of virtue, virtue signaling. I can say that confidently because that wouldn't have happened had it not been around, let me look as if I'm good. And then it resulted in stories that you and right-wing media can talk about. But that is woke extremism. Woke extremism, like I said, is just basically, let's include one, race baiters. So a race baiter is someone who, the definition to be specific, 
Someone who intentionally angers someone by doing or saying something to annoy them when it pertains to race relations. That's the, that's the actual definition. That's not me just making it up. That's the definition in the dictionary. If Harry wants to Google it right now, he can do so. Word for word, that is what a race baiter is. Those people, those individuals who intentionally go out of their way to annoy you and to anger you when talking about race, those people exist. They are a byproduct of this dynamic. We also have race grifters. You heard of a race grifter? I've been called a race baiter and a race grifter. Little do they know that I understand the two and I guarantee they don't. A race grifter is someone who makes money, swindles people. Mm. Talking about You race. mean like the um, organisation behind Black Lives Matter? Nudge me right now, Rob. Nudge me right now. Okay. We're now going on and uh, I told you, you, see, we're going everywhere and anywhere because look how many Black Lives... I don't even get me started right now. That is the perfect, the perfect example of swindle. Race grifters. Mm. All right. And I'm a Black Lives Matter activists and mm. organizer mm. please remember that for your audience and for yourself mm. i am an organizer of the black lives matter protest and i can tell you categorically blm uk one full of shit blm in general full of shit and what i mean by full of shit is race baiters you've taken people's money and you're nowhere to be seen okay let's just differentiate between the two so I don't want to get people confused. BLM UK, the organisation is one. They made approximately 1.2 million from the Black Lives Matter protests, which they condemned, which people forget about. So that's an aside. We'll talk about the global foundation, Patrice. Patrice was buying six million pound houses and throwing mm. parties for her son in said houses. That six million came from donations. Mm people donating because they cared about black lives and yeah. you've spent that money on a massive, massive, beautiful house. Mm. So you can have parties. Awesome. Mm. She also hired her brother. I think, I can't even remember the stats. I do apologize, but fact, hired her brother as security, paid him off, um, basically just put him on the books. He basically made a ton of money from BLM UK because he was hired by his sister. So there's just all of these kind of different dynamics. The brother being hired and making money for something that he has no experience in doing, which we know is now nepotism. But the issue is you've now done that with buying a house that's worth six million. You've now resigned. Um, we cannot categorically say where all of that money has gone. So there are so many issues and I think that is the perfect, for me personally, the perfect example of race grifters. What an absolute disappointment. Mm. What a disappointment. And everyone knows my stance. I've been saying it for the last three years, so this isn't um, new. I was the awkward person who, <laughs> awkward, annoying, um, uh, enemy person who decided to say that BLM UK, or oh, sorry, the BLM UK, the BLM movement had been hijacked. So that was the first time that it really went into the media was when I uh, spoke to someone from Daily Mail. And as you can imagine, being left and being black, one, you don't speak to the Daily Mail. 
until you don't go against an organization that appears to be advocating for black people. Mm. And I was the sole voice, the only voice. There was no famous person, not one celebrity, not one MP. In fact, uh, David Lammy from Labour was following BLM UK the whole time. I had a conversation with him and I told you, I I said to him, you are following BLM UK and you are following all of these different organisations that are abolitionists. They are the antithesis of what you stand for. Why are you following BLM UK? Oh, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know. Who knows if he's still following them, but moral of the tale was there was no famous person, there was no one in government, there was no voice of reason that said, let's just delve into what BLM UK the organization stands for, and they stand for abolition. Anyone that read the fine print on their website when they donated their money would have known that. But what happens is people virtue signal. Why? Because people are leaders or followers. That's Mm. a whole other conversation. But more of the tale is you had a whole load of followers donating money to BLM UK, not realizing that they are not reformists, which is what I represent. They are abolitionists. Mm. Get rid of the police, or defund it, and we do we do not subscribe to British institutions, in spite the fact that they live in Britain. Mm. They do not subscribe to capitalism, in spite the fact that they made a load of money and then bought property. Again, complete contradiction. So going off on a tangent, I just wanted to really make it dead clear the epitome of race grifters. I would personally say Patrice and that global movement. I don't want to condemn the other women because I haven't, I know my research is based off of Patrice. So I'm not trying to condemn the other members so much. They need to take accountability. But my my issue is with Patrice and what she has done. And and she's shown that she is um, fraud, Mm. fake as fuck. So Patrice is an issue. And then BLM UK is an issue also Mm. um, due to the fact that Again, they've, one, not taken any kind of, or made sure that they are transparent. That was always the biggest issue. No one knows who they are. I think they did one interview in 2020. I think it was for BBC, two members, and that was it. So who knows? You're probably walking past, you could be walking past someone right now and they're in a Bentley and they're from BLM UK and they've spent that money, the money that many good-hearted people donated on their car. Mm. But we can't say that that's true or not true. We can only speculate due to the fact that there's no transparency. So that's one of the biggest issues with BLM UK. I know that they've also donated money, one of which was, I'm pretty sure, South Africa, which for me, again, this, this is just me and my own bias, but there's an issue in the UK. We're talking about the UK. English people donated money to you as a UK charity, whatever, and you're now gonna just send that money abroad or, or send that money to, to an organization that represents another country, I find that mm. somewhat incredulous, especially because that money is not your money. It's not your money to just send to your people. It is the money that came from empathetic people that were talking and responding to the dynamics in England, mm. right? So I'm pretty sure that in terms of how they spent their money, I'm not fully convinced. And I know that they haven't spent all of it and it's three years later and if they have they haven't been transparent about it yeah um so yeah we have we've got the lack of transparency with blm uk and the fact that they've also they received the money from the black lives matter protests and what people don't realize is they put up a post categorically this is a fact they just got rid of it and i have evidence they put up a post saying we do not 
um, support people going out to protest on the 31st of May. This was the in 2020, the first big protest in Parliament Square. We do not support it. The reason why is because it was in the height of COVID. Now, who was dying from COVID? Black people. So they said, I'm pretty sure the words almost were, were something, something like, black people are being disproportionately affected by COVID and so therefore we do not support black people going out and protesting. At no point when I was protesting did I ever meet anyone that represented BLM UK. Did I ever see a t-shirt or someone with a speaker or someone standing there saying I'm BLM UK, this is the BLM movement and here we all are? No, never happened, didn't exist. You condemned the whole entire thing, you told black people not to come out and then it was me and other grassroots organisations, small grassroots organisations, people that use their initiative that came together and decided to organise the BLM movement, the BLM protest, separate to BLM UK. BLM UK, as far as I'm aware, they were sitting in their house watching the protests, taking everyone's money. That's my perception of things, mm. being on the ground. So what do you think then of the recent relaxing of laws of power for police to stop protests? Have you looked into that? Yeah, of course. So we refer to it as uh, kill, kill the bill. Um, so that was the hashtag. Kill the bill. Kill the bill. Yeah. Kill the bill. And that is obviously so is that about not... limiting free speech. Yeah. And it's disguised as putting or getting things in order when in actual fact it's just a byproduct of this kind of culture war that we previously mm. discussed in terms of the pendulum swinging the other way, the marginalised communities now getting a voice and gaining power. So the salient point here is power. And mm. therefore, the opposition will defend. That's mm. how it, that's human dynamic. And so for me, that's a byproduct right. of... Uh, thousands of black people and white people because that's where it gets tricky you see because mm. if it's just black people marching okay fine uh, yeah. whatever we don't care about this but when you've got black people and i'm standing next to rob we got an issue and then i'm standing next to harry he's got his balls in his hands i've got yours in my purse yeah. we're standing together yeah. and we're and we're now yeah. combined we, we now have a, a a shared agenda we are now connected and we could potentially be a force to reckon with mm. And therefore, that and is an issue for, for those the police. That, for those that want to. Not, I'm not just talking solely about the police. I'm, I'm talking about the the powers at be, right? right? Yeah. Whether it's government, whether it's police, whether it is any institution. Who are the that powers to... that be then? Well, start first. It starts with the individuals. Second, it starts with the institutions that have the most wide-reaching power. So you have government. Um, you have the education system. Think about our main institutions. These are the, the power of being. Right. And people just don't realise. And of course, it starts with the individual. Yeah. But we are on this hamster wheel because the institution teaches us and conditions us to think a certain way. We do certain, make certain steps throughout our life, whether it's college, uni, etc. Then you get into government or then you get into being a doctor. And then you just follow that same pattern, not realising that you are just another person on that hamster wheel yeah. that's always been running and you mentioned earlier free speech yeah I mean, where do you think we are in the world with free speech do we have it one million percent we have free speech people are conflating hate speech with freedom of speech two separate things again it's this either or either or everything's e no think about your life nothing's either or there's always gray in between there's always nuance there's always balance and so in terms of freedom of speech they're two separate things always have been 
Hate okay. speech is something separate. Freedom wow. of speech is something separate. We have freedom of speech. We have decided to conflate the two, and we have now decided we're going to trickle into hate speech. Two separate things. Right. Hate speech is one thing. Freedom of speech is another. Hence yeah. why it is um, it has been enshrined in law. Right? Yeah. There's separate things. We have a law for freedom of speech. We have a law for hate speech. They're two separate things. But yet, that conversation isn't had because and, people conflate two things. And why have they got confused because people are getting cancelled and things like that i think it's exactly that yeah. they're cancelled but again it's this everything that i just said basically it, it, it stems down to one leaders and followers mm. so if you're a leader you're going to go against what society is telling you you're going to find your own path right disruptor if you're a follower you're just going to do what everyone else does and so if everyone else is saying that it's evil all what are you going to do It's either or. Mm. So a lot of people are just responding because of the fact that they are genuinely just followers. And they yeah. haven't necessarily had that introspection and realised that, oh, wow, I really just follow stuff. If someone says something in the media that's influential or attractive or has money, I'm influenced and I'm going to follow their path. You're a follower. Mm. A leader turns around and says, right, I'm going to take everything into consideration. I'm now going to break it down. I'm now going to think about it. And I'm now going to see how I can make that my own. That's a leader. Mm. So, and what do, you think, what do you think about, this might take a little while for me to get to the yeah, point, please. but I'll do my best. So we've got Andrew Tate, yeah. who he talks about the matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all of a sudden, you know, he's powerful and the matrix want to bring him down. Then you've got all these, people coming out from his past, often 10, 15, 20 years ago. Many of them are um, don't want to be named by the BBC or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, accusing him of misogyny and, and rape right, and, yeah. and, and, and things like that. Um, is there a matrix? Is Andrew Tate being attacked by said matrix? And are all these people who seem to come out at these very opportune moments believable or has just the world changed? I think... One, the world has changed, so you're spot on in terms of your latter point. Two, Andrew Tate is right, there is a matrix and everyone will perceive it or or call it a different name. But for me, I actually refer to it as the matrix one because I love the matrix. Oh wow, refuse to watch the, this is an aside, refuse to watch the most recent one because it was like, no, the original matrix is the original matrix. Mm. That's where my brain goes. And so I haven't even watched the most recent one. But moral of the tale was yes, there is a matrix. It connects to exactly what I said in terms of this hamster wheel that we are all on, then we don't even realize. The only reason why we don't realize is because we don't ask why, and then ask why again, and then ask why again, yeah. and then ask why, and you just keep on asking why until you get to the root, yeah. right? Um, we don't do that. That's, again, introspection. Most people mm. don't do that. It's a hard thing to do. You probably have to sit down by yourself with a glass of wine and have a conversation with yourself. You might look like a crackhead, but those are the things that allow ourselves to, to really connect with what's mm. going on inside. Um, so I think there is a matrix. It is governed by these institutions, like I said, mm. and these institutions are not separate to individuals because everyone always thinks of the big bad wolf, this institution, it's like a machine and it just perpetuates racism, it just perpetuates sexism. No, the individuals make the institution, so it's our society. Yeah. And then again, what came first, the chicken or the egg, but it's that whole thing of we are all on this vicious cycle, this hamster wheel that just goes round and round and round and round. And it starts with the individual because they were conditioned by the institutions, but then the institutions make the individual. 
So it comes back to the individual. And so mm. it comes back to what I just said, what came first, the chicken or the egg. But it's the institutions. That mm. is the matrix. And he is right in that respect. Um, but again, because everyone thinks in terms of either or, Andrew Tate cannot be right and wrong at the same time. Impossible! Yeah. Because they're f- people are followers. They just we're just leading with whatever media is telling us, and then the media is going off of what we what they think we want to hear. But people have just decided it's either black or it's white, mm. and there's no grey. What's happened to us? Like I said, I've told you the pendulum has swung the other way. So um, Andrew Tate is right. People like him have been right to an extent, and they've also been wrong. Mm. And it's possible to do those things in the same space. Mm. You can say something that is technically steeped in truth and then your own agenda, your own ego, your own self-esteem, your own prejudice, which could be racist, sexist, misogynistic, transphobic, um, anti-Semitism, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. All of those things now start to affect your decision-making. And so now you start to stray from the original foundation, which was truth, which could have been Patrice Colors, for example, she could have started. And I do believe I am that type of person. I will give her the benefit of the doubt. Do I believe she just jumped up one day and said, I'm going to swindle millions of people and black people? No, I do not. It came from somewhere. It came from being black. It came from understanding and connecting to the issues in the world. And then all of these other factors are now mm. combined, like uh, uh, combined and, and now start to affect that original truth and that original dynamic. And like I said, those things are ego, self-esteem, prejudice, which includes racial prejudice. So Jordan Peterson can be racially prejudiced. Uh, Andrew Tate can be racially prejudiced. Mm. But because he's just said something that's truthful to you, you're thinking that those things aren't possible. And now he's just a liar. Or now he's just the truth. When in actual fact, no. At 2 minutes 10, he was the truth. At 2 minutes 15, he was leading with agenda. At two minutes, 20 seconds, he was leading with racial prejudice and his own low self-esteem for being a, a mixed yeah. race man and not understanding the world and racial prejudice, etc. And then at three minutes, he's brought you back to where he originally was, which is grounded in truth. And so your brain decides it's either or. So it's pros, cons, uh, uh, where does my brain go? Was I convinced, again, like a debate, was I convinced by the opposition? Was I convinced by the proposition, which is technically all the... different scenarios that I just explained. And nine times out of 10, because we are leaders or followers, we go for one or the other, as opposed to accepting that all of those things are true in the same space. Mm. Yeah, what you said about um, Andrew Tate is really fascinating. I think objectivity is really hard right now. It is. So we had him on the show. He was 25 minutes early. We've had other guests on the show that are hideously late. I was, what was I, about 10 minutes late and admittedly, I usually wear a mask. I'm going to just give you my apologies. Firstly, for keeping you and Harry waiting, because I know you had a long day. But secondly, I do apologise for interrupting. I just wanted to say this point. I got recognised, and I usually wear a mask. Mm. Shouldn't be saying this, because now people are going to recognise me. But you get my point. I'm usually covered. Yeah. And today I was recognised, and I felt like I, I felt somewhat obliged to just give him some love. Yeah. And so he was the person that walked in, right? You saw him. Harry's nodding. He was the person who walked in. I just went in for directions, and he just yeah. got all excited. And and so that was why I was late. So I do apologise. You, you don't have to. But no but, problem. But my point Thought is... He was 25 minutes early and other yeah. people are late. So, you know, if, if being early is important to you, you like Andrew Tate in yes. that moment. And if it's not, you don't. Because yeah. you judge on how, 
and then we did three hours and 20 minutes with him. Wow. And we were chatting with him and he was normal. Yeah. And we were like, oh yeah, this seems like a cool guy. And then the cameras went on and he went right and he went into character. Yeah. And then you could think, oh, he's like, is he acting here? Yeah. Is this truthful? Yeah. And then he was talking about his real world and things like that. And I'm thinking, he's selling here. You see? And agenda. Then, yeah, exactly. See? That's the agenda. agenda. And, and he didn't deny that or yeah. even say anything was wrong with that and and you're right and and, it, and then i talked to my wife about him and she's like well there's no smoke without fire yeah you know and, and yep, all these cases yep. and, and everything else and and so she's viewing him from the lens of a a mum with yes, you know a nine-year-old exactly. daughter and yep. harry and i and my son are let, viewing him through a lens of maybe being slightly privileged yep. you know white men etc um yeah and, and that so it's really hard to be objective. Yeah. And I think that when you say nuanced, it's like, okay, in this moment, what's the evidence? And is that right or wrong? Is that truthful or not? And, but and there is nothing, there is neither, I'll just say this. Mm. There is nothing neither good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. Yes. Shakespeare quote. Yeah. One of my favourites, my mum taught Indeed. me. Indeed, so we put right? our so own... It's, it's, there is nothing no. neither good nor bad, no. but thinking makes it so. So it yeah. is your thinking, and your thinking has been... Uh, it is shrouded in all of these things, yeah. like ego, self-esteem, prejudice, agenda, etc., yeah. etc. So that's the point. Yeah. So ego, and then, um, what, what did you say the other word was? You said ego, ego and... uh, so, low self-esteem, the antithesis okay, of one so another. Is ego the enemy? No. No. It can be, uh, right now I'm leading with ego. I have to lead with ego in order to lead with my, or um, ensure that I get my agenda. So yeah. my agenda is to educate, to have a stimulating conversation, to connect with you, to be honest, to be truthful, to educate, to inspire. To, so in order to do those things, I cannot lead with low self-esteem. Let's just see it as a spectrum. So right, you've got low self-esteem here and you've got ego here. You'll find many individuals, they'll class it as maybe, for example, extrovert, extroverted versus introverted. Mm. When in actual fact, that's just a personality trait, right? Yeah, you yeah. can still be an introvert with really good self-esteem. You can still be an extrovert with really bad self-esteem. Yeah. But it's a spectrum, nevertheless. And people, like I said, should vacillate because it is situation dependent. This is what I actually find with racism. People don't realise this, but racism is situation dependent. That's a whole other conversation. As in where you were born, your environment, No, 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 situation no. dependent. As in right now, you may not be racist to Harry because Harry is your people's. You might find yourself in a position where someone is um, hierarchy, someone is higher than you, they've pissed you off, etc. And then you might find all of these feelings that you didn't realise was there because the power dynamic has shifted. And so this is why it's situation dependent. You right. can be... Perfectly fine with your friends who are black, but then when you're walking down the road in the middle of the night and you see a black man with a hoodie, you're now scared and you're now leading with your racial prejudice, right? right. That's the yeah. same individual who's got tons of black friends. Mm. Same individual who doesn't class themselves as racist, but they are mm. inherently because racial prejudice is something that no one can avoid. I'm going off on a tangent. Where did we go with that? So he was talking about the Ego different things. Thank you very much. Thank you. I just gave you that. That little nugget. <laughs> so, ego versus self-esteem. Complete and utter antithesis of one another, but you need both of them because your self-esteem will allow you to get back to being grounded, being humble, mm. being empathetic, being able to connect, being able to put your... Open-minded. Open-minded, mm. being able to put your agenda aside, your needs aside for someone else. Yeah. That technically is... I'm not saying it's low self-esteem, I'm saying it's the spectrum and it's yeah. closer to the low self-esteem than it is to the ego, right? And so to view 
either one of them as enemy would be a disjustice to yourself. Mm. They are both there to support you. They are both there mm. to work for you. They are both there to guide you in your aim and your agenda as a human being is to find your what? Balance. Mm. So they mean nothing other than the meaning we put on them. Thank based you. on what? Spot on. Okay, fine. So here's another interesting thing. You talked about, you know, it's perceived that you are left. Yeah. Um, it's probably perceived that I'm right. Yeah, I perceive you as right. Are you kidding? You not? Tell me. What? what? <laughs> well, the, the, Am I wrong? <laughs> this is the bit that Harry was most looking forward to. Well, I honestly, I don't really label myself in that way. Okay. In that, um, I believe in kindness. Yeah. I believe in um, equal opportunity. Yeah. And I think those things are important. Yeah. I also believe that in personal responsibility. Yes, accountability. I believe is in the, you know, the, the, the American dream translated into the UK. Yeah. I believe that government should intervene minimum amounts and allow us through competition and evolution find our way into building our empires so everything just to cut you please remember i don't yeah. want to take you off but no, i just wanted okay. to say i totally agree with everything you just said so please continue this is why we're going to have an interesting conversation yeah because i subscribe to everything you yeah. just said and, and i don't necessarily call this capitalism because I, I don't think we have true capitalism just like i don't think i think we're in, in this sort of weird hybrid slightly social communist slightly capital state in the world right now mm -hmm. but like if i look at government for example um, I, I needed to get an SA302 because I'm getting a new car. It's just a piece of paper from the Inland Revenue. The, the car's about 150 grand. And they're shut till September. The fucking government are shut till September and you can't get a piece of paper off them. But if I didn't pay my tax bill, mm -hmm. which is why I need this SA302 mm -hmm. and this tax bill is hundreds of thousands of pounds, mm -hmm. I'm sure I'd fucking find out about yeah. that. Um, and then all this tax... You would. Well, I would. You know, can I... Like, in you lockdown, would. can I not pay my tax? And, and, and so, like, I, I, I pay 70% in tax. Corp tax, in, national insurance, yeah. income tax. And then people, you know, I have discussions with people and they're like, where, do the, where does that go? Well, a third of it goes to unknown. Yeah. A third of it goes to repaying interest on national debt. Mm -hmm. Then it goes into the NHS. Mm -hmm. Then it goes into the government coffers and paying all their wages and everything else. Mm -hmm. And the massive, the out, hugely outdated tax code. Yeah. And, and then I'm thinking, yeah, in lockdown, oh, let's all work from home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these public sector people not really doing any work. Um, yet they don't want all this inflation uh, and um, they, they want to rebuild the economy. Mm -hmm. And I think it's all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it's all fucked. What, 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 about, what, about, what about all the people yep. who are able-bodied who yep. are on benefits because it pays more to get benefits than it does to go and get a job? Yes. Pull those three million people out train them, support them, subsidise them, and get them to fucking work. But see, now you're sounding like, who is it, Reform Party? I'm pretty sure that was Richard Tice's um, from Talk TV. I'm pretty sure well, that yeah, was Well, yeah, I mean, I talked to Nigel right? Farage about okay, this okay. a fair bit. But like, I, I, anyone who's got a disability or an illness, that's different. Yeah. But someone who's perfectly able to But how do you do work. that? And this is what I mean about this kind of, again, it's, for me, better, it's just... Better controls. Enough, but, no, but better you can controls. believe it. It's obvious who's you can believe it, but how do gaming you the system. Do it? But that's the difference. You can believe it. You, you need someone to strong to come in and lead the country. Giving you back your balls. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Where's go. Margaret Thatcher when you fucking need her? <laughs> 
but, I but know, you know, I, I, know. I drove down. Like, I, I drove down and got a coffee in the middle of my um, city. Yeah. And this guy came up to me and he was homeless and I was just chatting to him. I said, why don't you go back to work? And he goes, there's no point because I can make more money on the doll. And I'm like, fuck me. While most of HMRC are having a holiday or working from home. Do you, do you know 46,000 a year in my tax? Like I pay a lot more than that in tax, but 46,000 of it goes for paying the baby boomers and, and health and welfare for, you know, the older generation. I just think this isn't a capitalist society. This is, and, and this is where when people talk about left and right, and the matrix, because what just resonated with me was the homeless man who said it's cheaper to or better to be on the dole. Yeah. And let's just understand why that dynamic or why he's happy to sit in that dynamic, because you now have to understand the individual and you don't have to necessarily know someone, you just have to understand human behaviour. Yeah. And if we are now saying that I can do what I want, I have my own autonomy, it may be limited, but I have my own autonomy, I can do what I want versus enter the matrix and then when i do enter the matrix rob i'm not rob i'm not rob more with the 150k car i'm at the bottom of the fucking barrel and then rob looks down at me and says well you should have been here ages ago why don't you work harder well no rob no because you know what path of least resistance another thing that people yeah. are governed by path of least mm. resistance yeah right but there's people like me and a lot of people like me out there that would more than happily help and train these people. I just went and spoke to a load of kids at school, giving mm. them financial education and knowledge. There are so many bright, wealthy, entrepreneurial people in the UK that would support the government and that would help educate our society. But how that, to be that useful agenda, and valuable. But is that, got, is but that their got, agenda though? Because that's, no, that's, no, that's they, our agenda yeah. for empathetic individuals like yourself and me and et cetera and, and many other people that are listening. That may be our agenda, but in terms of the government, if we're talking about the matrix, how is that in line with, well, how not. is educating the masses and making sure, because again, it's technically what I've actually spoken about a lot with my mum, which is Labour, Labour and Conservative. And I've always said it, my mum's always said it, it's, if there was no working class, Labour wouldn't exist. We know this to be mm. true, factually mm. based off of history. And yeah. so it is this thing of the matrix is the matrix. It, it, it is governed a certain way, it ensures that we have the inequalities that we have, it ensures mm. that we have the working class, middle class, upper class. It, it is designed that way. So when you sit here frustratedly talking about education, you need to remember it is not aligned with the matrix, no. because educating people means now a new sense of consciousness. Mm. A new sense of consciousness and awareness critical, means... Critical, critical thinking. Thank you, and there are only certain people that are taught critical thinking. Free you think I was taught critical thinking? No, you go to private school, you're taught critical thinking. Yeah. Right? Free, so this is what I mean. It's not aligned. Thinking. And then who it will be aligned for is people like you. So this is why they'll say, okay, no, we do want critical and independent thinking, but we're just going to do that in the private schools where it's just loads of white people. And then that's another example of their agenda compounded with their racial prejudice manifesting itself in a decision that you are completely oblivious to because you've just seen it as, well, why aren't they doing it? No, they're not doing it because it's not aligned with their agenda. Education means better consciousness. Better consciousness and awareness means more leaders. Yeah, less, you cannot yeah. have more leaders. We need more followers because mm. the followers is what keeps the matrix alive. Mm. That's the point. That is the point. That's the point.
That is the point. I'm people, glad you agree. <laughs> yeah, that is the point. And I don't want to go down a conspiracy rabbit hole, but I completely agree. People always ask me, why isn't all this cool financial stuff taught in schools? Well, why would the education system want us to teach us all to be free independent yeah. thinkers who don't put all of our money in the bank and save money? Thank you. Because then they wouldn't make all their interest and why? they wouldn't lend out all their money. And why do they um, teach us that your house is your best investment ever so you can get a mortgage and have a mortgage Thank for 25 years? Thank you. This years. keeps their uh, the, sorry, the economy, which technically is a, an example of the matrix, alive. Without those things, we have no economy. Without who runs those things, the matrix? All like of the who? institutions. Yeah, but who though? It's and this is the thing. Is it the no. Rothschilds? Is it who controls the world? No. All right. So this is what's interesting because I think that everyone always looks as if it's just like one thing, and I think that is very much no. But it could around. be like a hundred people. You know, people talk about Davos and all this stuff, don't they? Could be like these families going back. This is so not. I think that plays a role. There's no if, buts, or maybe. So everything you are. Almost insinuating, I definitely agree with. I just there think are, it's good, there to is that dynamic. good to know these yeah. things so you know how the world works. Because, like, raising kids right now, I think is challenging. I've got two. And, and I think, what's the best job I can do as a dad? Teach them how the world really fucking is. Which is education. Yeah, which is education. And so, if the really, uh, world really is, the banks don't care about you, yeah. and the government don't care about you, and you've got to go and build your empire. That's what you've got got to learn. That's yeah. a, so that before I get fucking cancelled myself, that's why I'm always asking, well, who controls the world and what, you know, what is really going on? But you, you always hit fucking dead ends. But that's because again, I think you are still leading with this brain of either or. You are. You have decided again. I, I was going to say. I think it definitely connects to this kind of rationale in terms of religion, and when people think of Buddha or Allah or God or just one thing at the centre yeah. of it all. And I think that is our own natural rationale as human beings. But again, when you take into consideration nuance, there is no, it actually is illogical. It's actually nonsensical. If you think about genuine nuance and understanding the dynamics of the world and the fact that there are billions of us, it's actually nonsensical to just think that there's just this kind of nefarious family, you know, just doing Mr. all these... Mr Burns type right? from The Thank Simpsons. You. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. they don't exist. They are there. They're yeah. just a part of this dynamic that I spoke to you about in terms of these institutions. Because how you really get your power, one, wealth, and two, being in charge of some form of institution, having that mm. that authority. And so it's, it's the combination of institutions. It's the combination of those that are well off because wealth allows you to have influence and influence can technically govern the world, hence why you can see why people would go down that rabbit hole. But it's just not one family, there's millions of them because wealth is one and then institutions is another. The smart, strategic motherfucker will do both, right? There'll be a wealthy motherfucker and they're going to go into institutions and start trying to shape minds, right? Motherfucker. Right? Samuel Jackson, even though I don't like him anymore. Why not? Because he said he didn't like black, English actors taking American roles. That's that's another tangent. But I love his motherfucker. So that's where I get it from. It's, it's not my own. Was that was it Pulp Fiction where he had his yeah. bad motherfucker wallet? Yeah. With bad motherfucker mm-hmm. written on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Right, Pier, Piers Morgan, you've been on his show loads yes. of times. Why does he fucking not let people speak? <laughs> Piers, like we've talked to Piers loads of times about being on this show. I'll get him in that chair <coughs> and I'll not. let him talk yeah. forever like he does on his show. Yeah. Like what? what is the state of current journalism in the UK? Um, look at, you know, the whole BBC thing yeah. with Andrew Tate and that, um, was it Lisa Williamson? 
Lucy Williamson. And yeah, and you know, Piers, all the, now, and then the rise of these independent media companies like GB News. Yeah. Piers, what's going on in the state of the UK media scene? How has media changed? I think it's now on the defence as opposed to offence, right? And I think that's, again, a part of that conversation, the wider, um, or connects to the wider conversation about this culture war, this polarisation, this pendulum swinging the other way. Is mainstream media dying? Is it it suffocating? It connects to what you were just talking about, actually, in terms of who runs the world, right? And you've got the individual with wealth. Exactly. See, see, it connects. Think about it. I'm Mm. validating my point right now. Thank you for setting me up. It connects. The wealthy people, sorry, the wealthy people now have influence and then they can start doing all of these amazing things like Make Talk TV and all of these other newspapers and all of these other media outlets. So wealth is one. And then what you do is you've now made it into a what? Institution. Did I not Mm. say that is the most strategic? I'll do these two. In fact, I'll do these two because I don't know what is that. That's nice. That's peace sign. What's that one? That's, that's a swear peace. word. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. a swear word. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was wrong. You know, when you're doing it, you're like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. These That'll two. That'll be the thumbnail. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> get a photo so afterwards, Harry. Get your, so once you got your balls back, <laughs> then get a. Get a photo, right? Yeah. No, those two, <laughs> individual and institution, and those that are the smartest will take on both. And so I think uh, Report is a, uh, sorry, um, Murdoch, I always say his last name, Murdoch is a really good example of delving into the two. You have your money, you've now built an institution and now your money allows you to have influence and then the institution allows Mm. you to have a wider influence. And Mm. those two things rule the world. That is what happens, literally, the individual plus the institution. Um, And so in terms of what's happening with Talk TV, GB, etc., um, again, like I said, it's on the defence. They were originally trying to score, and black people and the and the the vase of this world and the transgender of this world were too busy trying to stop them from scoring. Yeah. And now the, the pendulum's changed. Now yeah. we're scoring, and you have the likes of the talk TVs and the GB News doing their damnedest to try to score. Hence why they exist. Hence why they are doing whatever yeah. they can to fuel whatever culture wars they can because they wouldn't exist if this dynamic didn't Mm. exist. That's a fact. I don't actually think anyone could really attest to that point. They wouldn't exist if we didn't have this current dynamic. So it makes complete sense to just continue down that road because this is something that is aligned with your agenda and is keeping you alive. My agenda, yeah. What's my agenda? It's it's it's, Mm. it's aligned with the agenda. Do you think Piers was right to walk and um, off Good Morning? TV because Megan tried to force an apology out of him? That's a really good question. I haven't thought of that. So do I think it was, you'd think I would have, but I, in all honesty, I just couldn't care less. But in this moment, I care, so I'm going to mm. try to figure out why. Why couldn't you care less? Because I just think, I, I didn't, why would I care? <laughs> I'm trying to think of why would I care? Why I don't watch TV. I didn't unless watch Good Morning Britain, unless I'm on it. <laughs> Even then, I find it a bit cringy and uncomfortable when I don't watch it. But I don't watch TV. So, wasn't well, I like that act. I liked that act of rebellion. It's like, okay, you might be a big, powerful media yeah. company, but you can't force me to say I'll do anything. Fuck you. I think I, 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 I love that. There's yeah. no if, buts, or maybe's, and that's my nature. And I think 100% he 
it's about just understanding your integrity, where your red line is, yeah. what you stand for, mm. and making sure that you are not influenced on that journey. Mm. And that's the difference between and, a follower and a leader. Yeah. And so for me, I actually totally agree with right. you. If, if I was to be completely brutally honest, does it resemble me and my character 100%? Mm. Is it me? Am I going to tolerate someone telling me what I can and shouldn't believe or should believe? No, because I'm not a follower. Mm. I'm a leader. Piers is a leader. So therefore, no one's going to dictate to this man how he should feel yeah. and therefore he walked. So in, in terms of from one leader to another, mm. I respect it, I agree with it, and it's something I would have done. Mm. So we're, I suppose, in a way, a, a relatively small independent media outlet. What should our agendas be? Educate is number one. Yeah. Educate is always number one, which you have been doing. Mm. So there's no if, buts, or maybe it's, you've already ticked that box. Um, like I said, the education leads to better consciousness and awareness, yeah. which leads to three things that ultimately make a human being thoughts, feelings, and behavior. Mm. So better consciousness and awareness leads to better thoughts, mm. which leads to better feelings, which leads to better behavior. Mm. So number one agenda for yeah. anyone that wants to actually do good is to educate, mm. not be a race beta, and annoy you and anger you when talking about race, but try to bring you on the journey. Yeah. And it's only when, again, situation dependent, if you know that that is what is required in that moment, for example, maybe you're talking about the monarchy, or maybe you're, you know, maybe you, you what is required monarchy, is more passion, yeah. what is required is more mm. um, fire, then fine. But it's always mm. centered in trying to educate. Educate and engage. And yeah. sometimes you've got to be a bit more fiery yeah. to do so. Because Harry and I talk a lot about um, the algorithms and the titles and the thumbnails and we've had this conversation with endless guests the difference between good authentic content yeah that if you don't really push it may get mediocre views yeah or Harry can fuck around with outrageous titles and thumbnails which he often does yeah. the amount of times I say to Harry what you have just written on that title yep. isn't even in the fucking video. <laughs> it's pure clickbait. Pure clickbait. And that's and his agenda. As, as someone who's and Harry said, oh, I'm just you, testing. Yeah, I'm just testing. Some... He's got. To, he's got to bring it right. Well, so... th this is the conversation we have because th th there is no art without viewers. Yeah. But if you sell your soul out and you become what we call an algorithm whore. Yeah, love that. Then I may use it. Yeah, you feel free. Just just credit. Just yeah, credit I will, us. I will. Um, and give us a shout out. But yeah, I suppose it's like music, isn't it? You know, do you play the stuff you love? Yeah. Or do you play the stuff to fill stadiums? It's like yeah. art. Do you paint what you love or do you paint what is commercial? Mm. Um, and we think about this all the time. Because in a way, what you were saying earlier about the chicken and the egg, yeah. the algorithms change all the time mm -hmm. and they are fickle as fuck. Yeah. And just when we think, oh, you know, we've got a few videos that pop and we've done well, you get a shadow ban or um, the algorithm changes and, mm -hmm. and it's like, you, you know, we spend a lot of money on the road creating this content. And yeah, like I wish there, I, I don't wish, for much because I think life has everything you could wish for but mm. is have you got any guidance as someone you know who's pretty prevalent in the media on how you play the game the dance of um, the algorithms and the titles and the content it's so interesting I love the fact that you just said that because that's it's definitely been an, an issue that I've had to think about in terms of media 
and how they strategically do things, how they strategically label things. And like you're calling yourself an activist on your website. Yeah. And, and you, you, you know, I, was, I mean, I knew you'd be bringing the fire today, but to be honest, this has just been a really interesting conversation and, and, and not like, you know, us hating each other yes. because of our differences. Yes. But you, you know, but you call yourself an activist. Yeah. And so I'm like, fucking, what's she going to bring? Like, you see? Yeah. <laughs> and see, it's, it is that. I, I love the fact you just said that as well, because it... My mum was actually trying to get me to realise this the other day. It's the associations that come with these words, right? Yeah. And so just like when we talk about woke. So woke, once upon a time, was just a normal thing. Yeah. It was just alive to social injustices. And now it's like... They've weaponized it, so mm. it's like dirty. Oh, you're woke. Oh, you're woke. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It becomes dirty, yeah. and so then you have to be strategic in understanding the words and their associations. Mm. And I think that is an art of storytelling, communication skills. So I think you can lead with storytelling, communication skills, and be a bit cheeky and say, you know, do what Harry did and write some random. Thing you can yeah. you can do these how things. how to hurt a narcissist right on a thumbnail that didn't even really talk okay, so about that, narcissism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you That's wait till that. you see what he puts on yours. I know, right? What's oh, it wow. going to be, Harry? Thank you. What were you, what were you thinking before? Yeah, left think, ver- right. That's the norm. Yeah. Woke that's left the norm. versus pro- extreme right. And and what Me I and would you say, like this. but that's the truth. And then, but the irony is, what I personally think we need to do is do exactly that. We're going to stage it, me and you yeah. together, and it's woke. That I, I totally get that because I think it is just about trying to because throw it on it, its head. Yeah. You're trying to just throw it on its head. This is how you like. Okay, just to answer your point. I just want to just backpedal just a little bit. How does one navigate this dynamic that we've spoken about in, in your position? One, stay true to yourself. Two, keep your integrity, right? Stay true, true, true to yourself. I keep telling him this. It's true. Like, he keeps trying to get me to interview all these people no, for cheap to, views. Nope, nope, nope. Like, nope. bitching that, them. And that's how you go down the, the rabbit hole. Uh, Harry, go, that's how you go down the rabbit hole. That's how you end go up and get your balls being a back. part of the matrix. Go and get so, your balls yeah, back, yeah. Harry. Yeah, Harry. <laughs> See, Harry would inter- get me to interview anyone if he thought he could, you know. And then, But why is that, though? That's not a Harry thing. That is a, I am a producer and therefore I have an agenda thing, right? And that's the point. So this has got nothing to do with Harry. It's Harry, his, Harry his... would not be thinking this had he not. Harry would, he wouldn't be thinking this had he not had this role and have to ensure that you get your views and get what, what's yeah. needed in order for you both to thrive. So yeah. therefore he has to kind of... Um, think in different ways and, and kind yeah. of think out of the box and be a bit more creative or be a bit, or push. Again, yeah. it's that. You start to push. You start to push your red line. So say your yeah. red line was here, because you have an agenda, you push it here. Yeah. Then you push it here. And the next minute, you know, you've turned into the extremist. Yes, Harry. Whether it's a virtue signaler, a race yeah. beta. Because uh, a race beta, a perfect example. Someone who intentionally, like I said, the definition, someone who intentionally, uh, Angers someone by saying or doing something to annoy them. That is the definition of a race baiter. Now, technically, you could yeah. argue that any right-wing media are race baiters. Technically, you could actually argue that point because they know in this time 
talking about race is going to do what? It's going to either trigger get, people. Thank you. So yeah. therefore, you are a race baiter because that is the definition. That is the actual anyone that decides I'm going to talk about race, just straight race, you're being a race baiter because you know categorically it's going to get your ass views. So are we race baiting then? No, because we haven't spoken about race. We've had a, one of the most, or one of my most favourite conversations. It's been genuine. It's gone all around the earth. It's been authentic. It's been grounded. It's been kind of connected to spirituality, societal needs, norms, individual. I think it's been an excellent conversation. So had it ended with just speaking about BLM UK, just speaking about race, mm. just speaking about peers, and then just speaking about black people, I yeah. would have left secretly thinking this is another right-wing opportunist right. who's trying to get views. And but then, I didn't get that you'll, sense. then you'll see his thumbnail, right? and okay. it'll be you and I like that, and that's Harry. That's Harry's getting some ideas here. Right? Yeah, fucking hell. Isn't, it, it's, it is that, again, it goes always goes back to the nuance always goes back to the nuance and mm. finding your balance because you have to just think about it in two ways the individual and the uh, the society yeah. these are the two things that we are all having to um contend with these mm. two dynamics being an individual and being the best version of yourself yeah. and then being a part of society where there are norms and expectations and etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. and so to say you're going to do one and and not the other mm. You're failing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually kind of uh, nonsensical because you live in a society, so it's actually not going to do you that well if you just focus on yourself. If yeah. you focus on just the society and not on yourself, then you lose your integrity. Mm. You start selling your soul. You start doing all of these terrible things that you probably shouldn't be doing. You start looking towards a paycheck, etc., etc. Mm. So again, just like I said, with all of the things I've spoken about, you find your balance. Yeah. You find your balance between the two. You keep your integrity, but you have to understand that just keeping your integrity alone and just saying this was a great chat with the man, probably isn't going to get you any views. And you have to be conscious enough yeah. to be able to say that I'm not losing my integrity by taking that into consideration. I'm just being savvy yeah. in this process. Yeah. And and making sure that you always can ask yourself yeah. that. Mm. That's what you do. You juggle. Yeah. You juggle both. Your individual, make Rob the best version of Rob, make Harry the best Harry, uh, version of Harry. And then you juggle all of your common sense, all of your communication skills, all of your intuition, you have to juggle it. And those things are connected to what society needs or what you need from society in order to thrive. So you've mm. got to juggle, juggle both. Yeah. So therefore I'm not, in other words, just to sum it up, I don't judge anyone. I did originally until I broke it down and had that introspection, but I don't, um, I don't judge anyone for, for putting outlandish statements up like heated or fiery or just putting racist or whatever it is. They have to get views because that's a part of their agenda. That's what's keeping them alive. You cannot fault yeah. someone for that, right? No. It's only when they've just lost themselves in, in that conversation where it becomes an issue. So juggle the two. That's, mm. that's your long-winded answer <laughs> to that question. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, um, who's hot right now that we should have on the show? Um, you know, we want to stay relevant and interesting. We want to make sure that we're giving education, inspiration, and even a little bit of entertainment. Um, who, who, who should we be talking to? Oh my God, that is such a good question. We never actually asked this really, who Harry, do we? I we talk should. To? 
We have some great conversations. It depends on what you're... What, right, so again, that's why my brain can't think of anyone. It depends on what you're trying to get. What's your agenda from these conversations that are potentially going to happen in the future? Not the agenda in terms of views. What's the agenda in terms of the level of conversation? Um, are you one of those people where you don't mind it when the guest doesn't speak that much? Or are you someone that... Whatever. Need? Okay, yeah. so then it depends on what it is that you're looking for. Is it like a deep conversation? Is it a financial conversation? That's what I would say. Because like, again... You're now leading with chicken and egg, what people want versus what does Rob want? And then Rob just leads with what Rob wants, but you take into consideration. Yeah, well, if Rob just had what Rob wants, it would just be about heavy metal leads. Oh, really, would it? So yeah. this is why you've got to take into consideration the other, the other, um, yeah. the needs of society. So I, I appreciate why you've asked that question. And for me but personally, what, it all depends every, on. Yeah, what does everyone else want? Yeah, it depends. Right. So. We know currently the only things that people want right now is anything centered around the culture wars, hence why it's, it's been making so much money. Yeah. And, and has been, um, it's just been the norm for so long because people are benefiting from it. Mm. So I'd be lying if I said that anyone within that space wouldn't be a good idea because I know that that's what people are interested in. Um, and then you obviously you can't beat a celebrity, hence why Piers goes there, right? You can't beat a celebrity. You get a big mm. celebrity. It's I, I think you you stick to this is just pragmatism, nothing to do with being an empathetic and emotional person. It's just straight pragmatism. You have a job to do, and so my advice would be you stick to this type of conversation in terms of understanding the world, understanding people, understanding dynamics, understanding why we do what we do, how things are governed. I find these conversations so fascinating so i think that there is a definite space for that especially due to the fact that one of my favorite if not my favorite podcast is diary of a ceo and it is the number one podcast in europe and it is grounded in conversations like this so i think you stick to this ballpark you're good to go and then when you want to get a bit adventurous you get yourself a big celebrity i'd follow that that routine all right then <laughs> um <laughs> uh, okay, so we do a quick fire round yeah. on the show. Yeah. Um, for fun. Mm -hmm. I've just realised I do this all the time. It's rock. Because it's a comfortable chair. It, it, it looks is like bouncy, a comfortable this chair. One. I can see it. Wait, <laughs> the um, Samuel Leeds face off. I was just. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, so um, would you rather have mm -hmm. one million pound cash or one million extra engaged followers on social media of your choice and why? Oh my God, cash, one million pound cash. Oh wow, because that would just set up my life. I could do the things that I need to do. Um, and in terms of, again, focusing on me as the individual, it's about finding my stability and finding my safe space in terms of my life. And so I, didn't, I wouldn't get that from followers. I'd get that from money, so yeah. it'd be money. Okay. Um, do you think money makes you happy? To a degree. What degree? It, it gives you... Freedom, mm. a sense of freedom. It allows for less worries, which again is is a big issue for the working class. Mm. Um, but in terms of, it does it does make you happy. But I think there is a distinction between happiness and fulfillment, and I think it's about making sure that there is a distinction. You can be happy because you you were able to buy a car. You were happy because you were able to buy a boat. You're happy because you're sitting on your boat, but you may not be fulfilled after a certain amount of time because all you do is just sit on your boat, yeah. right? So I think there is a distinction between happiness and fulfillment, and I think it can give you happiness, and this is why I said to a degree, but can it give you fulfillment unless 
you find what it is that you are supposed to do in terms of purpose, mm. I don't think it personally can. I know that right now, if I was to win a hundred million, I would still be depressed. Fact. Are you depressed now then? Yeah. Why? What I have found is that I am an extremely deep person. <laughs> that sounds really egotistical, but it's true. I think about things a lot and I'm extremely spiritual and I am someone who needs purpose. Why are those things depressing? Because if you're not there, it can lead to an emotion of, of discontentment. If you're not where? That place of one, finding and being in the place that you're supposed to be. So when I talk about spirituality, I talk about purpose, right? I talk about knowing that I was born to do something. I was, I'm, I'm here for a reason. And what, what's hard is doing what you need to do in order to fulfill that purpose. And then kind of struggling with your own issues of life and societal needs, whether it's a boyfriend, whether it's a house. Like a, a perfect example is like, one of my biggest worries is how on earth will I ever buy myself a house? I don't want a flat, I wanted like a big house. You know, like when you were a kid, you got the dream of the big house and the world that we're living in now because of societal issues, trying to buy a house is a real issue. So that's a, a, a worry. And so I can be on the journey of fulfillment and trying to find my purpose, but then when I'm simultaneously worrying about will I ever be able to own my own house with three bedrooms, becomes an issue. So it, it's this in, this interesting dichotomy of juggling me as the individual and making myself better and following my purpose, and then juggling societal needs, all the things that the institutions tell me I need to do. Get this, get that, you have a car, you have a mortgage, you have right matrix. Mm. So I'm, I'm juggling the two and it's very difficult because I have a deep brain and my brain doesn't want to juggle the societal bullshit ex expectations of the matrix. I don't want to do it. So, But, um, but you're in it, so you have no choice. Exactly. So it's a weird contradiction because I'm saying categorically I don't want to enter the matrix. Getting a mortgage and getting a house is entering the matrix. But yet I know spiritually on a deeper level that's not what I'm supposed to do. So I am almost a walking contradiction. Are you like over a, overthinking your life? I wouldn't say overthinking, I'd definitely say introspection, which is, you could argue is overthinking, but I think overthinking is associated with something negative. It has negative connotations. But so does being, saying you're depressed. I think it does, 100%. I think when I think about my depression- Do you just need to get laid? Is that like what, what we're, we're saying here? Because sometimes people don't really talk about that, do they? No, I'm going to be honest but with you. That's probably something. Like, I fuck <laughs> off well. Like, I, that's like, probably something. But it no, sorts no, a lot of shit out. It really does. Sorts I, a lot I'm, of shit out. I'm, no, I appreciate fuck <laughs> off. With your, you've got your wife. This is why you're smiling. You're, you're perfectly fine. I'm a single lady over here. Okay? Well, this is what I'm saying then. I've you, been you, celibate for 10 years. So I'm no actually, wonder you're fucking <laughs> depressed. <laughs> no, like, what sort, let me finish. What sort of shit is that? Let me finish. You've been celibate for I've 10 celibate. years. No, actually, that's a lie. I've had a break. I've had, look at your face. You look mortified. <laughs> Rob, you look mortified. No, right no wonder you're depressed. I know, I know. I do. That's why it resonated when you said, oh, maybe you just need to get laid. And I know he was making a sweeping comment, but secretly I was thinking, yes, Rob. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it does sort a lot of shit out.
It really does. It's, it's the or an ice it's... bath. No, I ice have ice baths. I love ice, ice baths. Ice baths are great. No, I've, yeah. I've, I've done... I, I know about an ice Celebrate bath. Celebrate for 10 years. Come on. No, what, it's longer than that. The... I started at 19. How old am I now? I'm 32. So... 13 years celibate. Yeah. But I had a break. So I had a boyfriend and then I was, I had a break. So I've been with two people in a 13 year period. Do I think that that makes my life good? No, it fucking doesn't. No. So I do agree with you in terms of being late because I think that's a, another cog in the wheel, another aspect of life that isn't being fulfilled. Yeah. What is being fulfilled is educating people, mm. inspiring people, like trying to add value to the world that's being fulfilled but there are all these other parts of my life will that no, aren't. This is you're attracting I'm about. weak men this is why i'm talking yeah just thinking you yeah, said you're attracting no, I get, weak I get men both. i get both i get but, both but if you're celibate what you know the mis- message you're putting out there is oh i need strong to men can piss off because you're not <laughs> harry we're gonna have quite a fun conversation <laughs> like that. no I'm not, would you... i attract both wait first and foremost i yeah. attract Every type of man you can possibly think of. And that is genuinely the truth. We'll take you out on a date. Right? Take me out and hope that a man gets laid in the night. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. That sounds like a, a fun time. I've actually had this conversation with many people over the years. Thank you so and much. And you just keep... Uh, and, um, and I just don't do it. Because, yeah. again, it's just this thing of... I'm a deep person. And I know that I'm very much just focused on me and in terms of my purpose. And then to educating people and I think that's where my brain kind of just stopped yeah functioning wow. like you know when you you just prioritize certain things yeah and it's those the only those are the only two things that I've basically prioritized in the last 13 years trying to find myself and my purpose mm. and then but you know you were destiny. talking earlier about nuance and balance yeah. weren't you yeah so why do you have to sacrifice Sorry if this if you feel this has turned into a therapy session. No, no, I love it. Tell me I to love piss it. Off we're gonna go I don't have, have a therapist either, so please. Oh, okay, we're going to go, go and have Thai food yeah, straight after do this it. before we go back. Um, but yeah, why does I about three years ago, I had a few things going on in my life which weren't great, and um, I got a therapist, and um, she said to me that you know when there's like. three or more main areas of your life that are all not going well that can lead to depression and suicidal ideation but if you you know you really just fix one or two of them can give you some momentum and that's a lie because that's exactly where I'm at right now it's a lie because my you need a good dinner and a good fuck that's what you need I do need those things you do I need those things (laughs) no no I'm not disputing that point okay I'm I'm genuinely not disputing that point we can concede on that point Iman needs to get laid but there's there's more to it than that it's not just there is but I don't know that you're depressed I don't buy it I think why because you give good you've got good energy and it's you're, not, a, a, you're a fun-spirited person. It's a, it's a genuine, genuine depression I've always had throughout my life. So it's not a, just a, oh, I'm an entitled young millennial Gen Z and I feel depressed about life. No, like we've heard these, that kind of rhetoric. It genuinely yeah. is something that has followed me for a very long time because I realised that I was a deep person and I needed... Fulfillment, and I find my fulfillment. Do you feel misunderstood then? Do you feel misunderstood? Often, deep people, deep thinkers, feel misunderstood. People don't understand them. One hundred percent. In terms of, in terms of me, yes, misunderstood. One million percent. 
in terms of me is that not I, what I Are say. you letting people close enough to understand you though? No, I don't let people in. I'm very, like I don't, I hate social media because again, that leads too much on the ego spectrum. Um, so I don't do social media. I don't show people my life. This is actually the most candid I've been about myself mm. in the last three years. Um, yeah, I keep myself to myself. I'm I'm an extroverted introvert, which people don't realise. I'm yeah. very ambivert. extrovert. Yeah. Oh, is that is that what's the word? Ambivert. Ambivert. You learn I, something new every day. Yeah, you can, you can be an introvert ambivert. or extrovert situation ambivert. dependent. Which, yeah. which I am as well when I meet people a lot I get like you I get recognized quite a lot and I find it really awkward to talk to people yeah. but then when we're in these situations I can sort of come to life yeah um so yeah I can relate to that okay so um right what other questions do we do on the quick oh yeah what's your um biggest mistake would you say oh my gosh my biggest mistake okay so this is what's interesting because everything and I appreciate that question I've always appreciated when, when people say what's your biggest mistake but Everything that I've done has got me here. And Boring. So, no, but it's the truth. Boring. Okay, right, no, it's the truth. I will expand. Wow, wow, wow. I will expand. I will expand. All right, expand. then. What's your biggest regret? Oh, I don't regret anything. Oh, because not it just makes no, you no, who no, you no, are. No, not fucking for thirteen years. That's my biggest regret. Not yeah. genuinely, regularly fucking. Like I don't understand why I did that to myself. Because like, in hindsight, I'm like, wow, you were a crackhead. Why did you just stop having sex? Yeah. But what happens is once you pass like a five year mark, and then, and then it gets to six years, and then, and then it becomes your norm. And so I'd start laughing right now. If someone was to touch my vagina, I'd probably laugh, Rob, because it's been such a long time. I'm just <laughs> this. <laughs> That's your answer. You probably laugh. I probably but... laugh. That's the truth. I'm actually being so fucking no, honest wow, right now. I probably shit. shouldn't be so honest, but it's the truth. I probably laugh. We know some cool people. We just need to set you up. We do. Oh, Iman's Pe- single. You can put that on the yeah, on yeah. the thumbnail. Iman's <laughs> looking for looking. a man. <laughs> Iman A and B Lem organizer is looking for a man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool Rob or Harry. Oh, if we if we match make you up, how cool would that be? Could you imagine? Well, he needs to be. What's my? What's what's the best uh, line? He's got to have his own balls, not in someone else's handbag. Thank you. Yeah. Which that's going to be hard for you to find, Rob. Genuinely, you think you're going to find that man? Yeah. All right. Good luck. I think we. Can, I think we <laughs> can luck. do that. Okay then. Um, what's the most bru- brutal life lesson that you've had? To lead with ego will fuck up your shit. To solely lead in just the land of ego will fuck up your shit. That was my first ever life lesson. Like first ever when I was mm. like six. Wow. And um, what one thing are you most excited about and also most scared about right now in the world? Something that I am most excited about and scared about in the world. This new conscious, this new sense of consciousness and awareness that we have. Because again, it can be weaponized and it can be used to do mm. so much damage. It's only when it is used wisely we can make progression. But yeah. as we know, if you weaponize people's new sen- newfound sense of consciousness, you can make a lot of money off of it, mm. and you can take people off on a complete different tangent. So that yeah. would be the biggest thing. Is that yeah? This show's called Disruptors. What does the word disruptive mean to you? Leader. 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 Yeah. And where can we follow you if we want to go out on a date with a mom <laughs> and break the 13-year duck? 
I told you I had two breaks. Fuck off. You've got to make sure. Be accurate. I had but two you breaks. said it. You I had two breaks, though. It's a 13-year period. Yeah. I had two breaks. It's not just straight cobwebs, okay, Rob? I had two breaks. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I had two breaks. But yeah, I don't... I Basically, I don't have sex outside a relationship. It's just not my norm. And my biggest regret was that I decided to be that way in the first place. I should have just been fucking over the last 13 years. From 19 till 32... Not fucking. I don't know why I did that to myself, but I've done it now and I'm just kind of stuck in that rut. Yeah. All right then. So where can we follow you then? Yeah, that was your question. I do yeah. apologise. I keep telling you about my vagina and sex life. This is what happens. You started, you opened Pandora's box. Okay, where can you find me? So website, imanayton.com. Yeah. Instagram, imanayton. It's been a pleasure. Hello. It really has.